0: Hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rossini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program.
1: Great to be with you, Dr. Paul.
0: Very good. Today we're gonna be talking about China and our relationship with China, and trying to point out a few things that are instrumental and very important to deal with, as trade policies. And we're gonna quote from uh, Secretary of Treasury Yellen, because uh, we have to clarify something if you're not careful you could read something she said this week and say what has she lost <laughs> her mind? Has she joined us and believe in free trade? Well, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, before we do this, we want to go uh, uh, in, into a subject we talk about usually on Friday mornings to emphasize the importance of uh, of of gold in the economy and investments and history and whatever. You know, gold to me is interesting because you know a long time before I was born, they were talking about like six thousand years ago. They knew. By gold as being something very very special and uh, certainly since 1971 I paid a lot of attention to it because that was the last link of our dollar to gold and gold was at that time 40 35 an ounce and since then it's been soaring not at straight lines markets don't work in straight lines but up and down but essentially it hangs around two thousand dollars now which i assume is still very much in the beginning of what can come to this country if we don't change our ways so gold will remain important and if you listen to the radio ads and what's going on in, in the world Gold is talked about more. There are more financial articles on countries trying to get together and restore some type of a uh, international uh, currency, you know, a reserve currency, which the dollar has been uh, serving in thinking about trying to replace it because the dollar is showing signs of weakness and it's been a steady that's almost a straight line when you look at uh the value of the dollar in terms of gold and uh, since 1971 it's lost by 98 percent of its value but they, they told me anytime i expressed concern about all this the federal reserve Board chairman say yes yes you're right about that but it's these, these, uh, these changes that are made, these dramatic changes, as long as they're orderly, it's okay. So if you can drain the wealth of the country, punish the people where they can't hardly recognize it, pass on the deficits through inflation, and it appears orderly in the banking system, uh, then they say, don't worry about it. <laughs> but that's their goal is to keep the banking systems orderly uh, but they still they can't even do that uh, because the most important things to keep things orderly would be you know the definition of what money is and and have a definition of the unit of account and also have market rates of interest. And if you listen to any of that debate going on this past week about what should the interest rates be? Oh yes, later on, we're gonna pause now. We've done enough. We're gonna pause, but in a couple of months, we're gonna raise them again. And the markets, believe me, were very, very confused and they're going to, Remain that way and get much worse because uh, the Fed is not on the right track. That's why gold's going to be here for for another thousand years or two. It's been around. They they can't cancel gold, but they can control it. They can manipulate and they can make it illegal and they can tax. But ultimately, markets uh, rule, and that's exactly why the Bretton Woods agreement broke down in 1971. Markets were saying. The United States is fooling us. They say we—they have the best currency, the reserve currency but they want, the United States wanted to print as much money as possible, spend it, and have that advantage of having a stimulus here at home, export the inflation, and the people around the world will take it because it's a reserve currency, world. And what we're seeing is the witnessing of this, this system breaking down. So I think gold is gonna be very much in the news as time goes on, and uh, people know that it's a, it's a very significant, uh, most most countries that have suffered, you know, with runaway inflation over, this, over the centuries have resorted, you know, uh, to gold to restore uh, sanity. And that's exactly what we did after the Civil War. We had a three, we were off the gold standard for 15 years. And then we had to have a restoration of the transition back from the greenbacks back to gold. So that's coming, it's gonna be chaotic and the Fed is not gonna be our friend and the economists will be confusing. And that's one reason you should do your best to get as much information as you can about investment, historically speaking, as well as financially speaking, and how can gold be helpful in protecting against what's coming. And that's why I work with, uh, uh, w- with the uh, Birch Gold Group, uh, and uh, we uh, com- communicate together, but uh, through this program, we actually pass on a message to you about uh, connecting uh, with gold, uh, gold Group, the uh, Birch Gold Group. And that is, if you text Ron 989898, that's Ron 989898, and uh, you will connect with uh, the Birch Group, and they will send you some material that should be very helpful to you in trying to understand the chaos that goes on uh, and what we expect. But they're not going to get rid of gold. Gold is going to become even more significant as things happening. So if you're curious enough to get as much information as you can get, you can do it through text Ron Paul. Nope, sorry. Text Ron. Nine eight nine eight nine eight, and that will do it. And they will send you material, and it will be free. And Chris, uh, we're going to be talking now about uh, a subject that you and I have visited with, and that has to do with uh, the that has to do with the uh, uh, trading with uh, with uh, with China. And we came across a very interesting article. Because I, I read it and I called Chris. I said, Chris, look at this thing. What has happened? What's going on with Janet Yellen? Has mm-hmm. she been watching our program or something? Mm-hmm. She she all of a sudden said something that sounded halfway reasonable. And that is she is trying to neutralize the overly vocal uh, hawkishness toward China. She didn't try to cancel that all of that because she's part of it. But one of the consequence of the of the uh movement here in our country is to hate china break off break off relations with them and keep the military industrial complex happy prepare for war over taiwan that sort of thing but here this this was her statement this was reported in, in cnn but uh, this is the lead which caught our attention. While we surely have concerns that need to be addressed, decoupling, that's the word, would be a big mistake. Yellen said in her testimony before the House Financial Service Committee on Tuesday, Americans benefit greatly, this is, this is, this is Yellen, Americans benefit greatly from buying goods that are cheaper to produce in China china equally benefits from u.s exports that also bolster the u.s economy and we happen to think that's a pretty true statement we advocate free trade as a method of having more peaceful relationships with china but that's not the case and as the, as our discussion goes on we're going to point out why why uh, uh yellen doesn't get an excuse for the rest because she's still a globalist and an interventionist. She's just yielding to the overwhelming evidence that trading with countries can be beneficial to both and uh, it could hurt the American consumer every bit as much as it would hurt the Chinese consumer.
1: Chris? Right, Dr. Paul. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we all know that individuals, it's much easier to point the finger outward than to work on yourself Well, the same applies to countries since they're made up of individuals it's much easier to go point fingers at other countries call them bad guys uh... when you really should be looking at yourself because that's what you control uh... the solution to our economic maladies are, are very very simple it's just putting them into practice is very very hard you know the solution is government needs to get out of our way to make doing business in America attractive again. It's very simple, very simple to say, very simple to understand. But we have so many people who like to dictate and they do not want to stop dictating. Uh, we have so many bureaucrats, there are millions of people that the government employs. There are regulations on top of regulations, on top of regulations, in all levels of government. And they do not want to stop, they just want to keep adding. Uh, you know, but when this happens, People take their money and they will invest it in places where they are treated best. They will take their money across the world if they have to. And it is very risky to do so. If I was to, I can't imagine doing that, taking my money and trying to go start businesses and and work in China, that's a very big risk. You're dealing with a foreign government, with foreign laws, foreign cultures. But people are willing to do that because it is so unattractive to try to do business here in America. And it's getting even worse with the wokeness. You know, so people calculate, where can I profit? And they don't want to profit here. And we have the biggest government in the history of the world that is the opposite of the land of the free. You cannot have both. It's one or the other. We have chosen the biggest government, and we are suffering the consequences. And to go and point fingers at Russia, China, and everybody else is to really miss the point.
0: Very, very good. You know the. Uh this subject has come up because there was legislation uh, being discussed, and that's why Yellen was before the Financial Services Committee. And, uh, and, and the Republicans obviously wanted much, much uh, tougher treatment of China and more sanctions. And uh, so the, the unique part was Yellen was called to testify, but she gave this, uh, this uh, discussion and sort of was trying to bring some common sense into it. And but but uh, I think the uh, whole thing is, is that uh, decoupling from China would be very bad. First off, I've talked about uh, protectionism, sanctions and all the stuff that goes on and all the wars that we get into. And the one thing is, if you just if you try to separate it, which most of the time they do, because people who want sanctions want to do it in a narrow sense of protective uh, sanctions, protective terrorists to benefit some corporations or punish somebody, you know, that we don't like. And um, the but who who who, uh, in this country suffers the most was the poor people, because sanctions don't work. And prices generally go up when you have trade wars, and who who has to pay the who has to pay the penalty? Mostly poor people. Even uh, what what is ha- what happens is uh, if a country can produce something at a lower rate, and uh, whether or not it's labor or what it is, or maybe their efficiency, you know that helps the poor people. You might be able to buy tennis shoes from China. That might be 10% of what you'd have to pay if you bought them. If they were insistent, they make them in the United States. There's a big business in that. See that, uh, So you take away, if you put on the sanctions and tariffs and all, you raise the prices so the poor people lose the advantage uh, of, of the purchasing power if, if you have the chance to buy overseas as, as well i also see uh, free trade and free purchasing power for around the world as a civil liberties issue because i don't believe in the income tax i believe what people earns belongs to them and if you believe that is the case people should uh, have a right to spend the money they want uh, and not be not to assume make the assumption that the government owns everything that a person earns and the income tax assumes everything they earn belongs to the government And then they write a a law that says you can keep such and such. uh, Maybe you can keep 10 percent, 20 percent or whatever. So um, it's a civil liberties issue. You ought to be able to earn and spend it as you see fit. So if you want to buy something from China, if we're not in a declared war or something horrendous, which we are not, we're just stirring up problems when we say, mm. oh, yeah, that's different. But the Chinese, uh, the Chinese don't protect the civil liberties of the Chinese people. And uh, one time I had uh, this little debate in a, in a financial service committee. And I said, yeah, but what about here at home? And, and had some examples of what we do here at home, <clears throat> like right now. What what about Assange? What about the people who were captured at the Capitol when they were uh you know, demonstrating against uh, you know, the policy? They did they lost their civil liberties. They were put in prison. Why why are we concerned about that, yelling and screaming? And the same people who are saying, Well we can't do this with China until they have perfect protection of all their civil liberties. And I think about the protection of civil liberties here is a big enough job for us. We have jurisdiction there, and we should be dealing with that rather than nitpicking and trying to tell the Chinese exactly how to run their country.
1: Exactly, Dr. Paul. And, you know, unfortunately there are there's never a shortage of armchair warriors, uh, especially in this country. Uh, whether it be you know against Russia on one side, and there's people that oh no no to get, you know stop the war with Russia, but they want war with China, like like that's that's a uh, you know a good thing. We do not want war with Russia or with China. They both have nuclear weapons. We would be physically in danger in both cases, and in China, especially the disruption would be unbelievable because we are so dependent on them. I mean, we, I, if I went to a store once, me and my brother, and we were just, we were, we were talking about it. We're like, let's look at these, where, where this stuff comes from. It's unbelievable how much came from China. If they were to just cut that off, our lives would be disrupted to a, a degree that we, don't, we can't even imagine. Uh, it, but we're so used to in this country, yeah, you, you and him, you go fight. I'm going to go to the beach. You know, Wars are out there somewhere. And, and it's a shame because that's not how war is. War is a serious thing and we do not want to be involved in it. And on top of it, our government would clobber us here, forget about fighting against Russia and China, they would go after us like they did during COVID. They would restrict and restrict and mandate and mandate, just like in COVID, you know, cause we're at war, you know, the, the, nothing is off limits. And, you know, who knows, maybe half the country would call for their own persecution, just like they did with COVID. So we don't want to go through any of this if we want to live good lives. Now, if we want to suffer, then this is the way to go. But we should avoid war with Russia, China, and everybody else, and really worry about making our country, you know, even resemble what it used to resemble in the past.
0: You know, since we really aren't competing well with China and that's why the products are coming in and they're, uh, you know, cheaper than what we make here. But uh, the uh, Yellen actually recognizes that competition is good. She recognizes that uh, uh, that we, we, we should at least work with them and try to maintain some form of, of trade. But uh, she uh, also... Uh, says says that what we should do is is uh assist the chinese competitors third world nations uh Take take more money from the American consumer that they've saved by buying cheap China products. Take that money and invest it in the poorer countries, say in Africa, and and make them more competitors. So we want to subsidize them. She wants more money for the IMF to make the IMF more in charge. She's a globalist, she's an interventionist, she has a few couple of sentences that, uh, you know, uh, sounds reasonable because she recognizes that uh, that trade is good and is beneficial to both sides. And that also uh, she's aware of the fact that there can be aggravation. But Chris has mentioned it and we always mention it. The odds of war are always so much greater, uh, you know, with uh, uh, countries that we fight with economically. And just look at all the provocation that we're involved in and sending our ships just to test the south sea waters and go through the straits yeah yeah technically it's legal but it you know life and the existence of the united states doesn't depend on the fact that we get away with going up there and getting 10 feet away from their vessels oh well, we didn't have a crash so far we didn't blow up anything i mean it makes no sense Uh, to do that. And and in in a way, Yellen understands some of this. So she wants to maintain a few things that are beneficial, but she wants to do it by remaining a globalist. And uh, she she has not been much help in balancing the budget and a few things like that. But uh, it's easier for us to argue these cases because we're we're non-interventionists in social, personal matters, religious matters. And we're non-interventionists for international matters. And we're non intervention on all economic matters. And that's a consistent policy. And you will always find not only one or two little tidbits about why free trade, we should sort of watch that, uh, but it should be done on principle. And people should realize that they have a, they have a constitutional right to spend their money where they want. Uh, and not con- have our government concocting, you know, these uh, scenarios where we're on the verge of war and we have to do this. And look at that. What's what's the biggest budget? You know, it, it's a contest between our, our interest on our debt and, uh, and uh, subsidizing the military-industrial complex. Not a healthy situation. And that's why s- some of this nonsense will come to an end. Chris.
1: Very good, Dr. Paul. I'll finish up. Uh, unfortunately, in our country and the media plays a big part of it, people are scared of China, communist, 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 And yes, communism is as bad as it gets, but to think that China is going to uh, take over the world with communism, I think is a huge mental mistake. They have one military base in Africa, Djibouti. We have a thousand all over, even encircling China, wouldn't you know? Uh, you know, So to think that the Chinese are coming is ridiculous. They are more capitalist than us in so many ways. And unfortunately, on the other side of the coin, we are more woke than China in so many ways. And they're like, you keep that stuff over there in America, don't try to bring that woke stuff here. So in the end, both countries, ours, theirs, is a mixture of government and corporations. That's what has swept the world. Corporatism, Dr. Paul talks about it all the time. That has swept the world. This fear of CCP, and yes, they, they are authoritarians. They do not care about civil liberties, but they're not taking over the world. You know, uh, we have our own problems with civil liberties here than to be worrying about this country that's 6,000 miles away and not, on our, not even close to our doorstep. Uh, but they changed from communism. Communism could have never have produced the stunning prosperity in China. That is, these are capitalist principles that they adopted after Mao and they ran with. Now it's corporatism, but corporatism obviously produces better results than communism, which is just pure starvation. But that's what we're dealing with. So this fear that the CCP is going to take over the world, it sells, lots of people are scared to death. They're, They're running away, they're scared. But I think it's a false fear and that they should worry about getting rid of the corporatism here in America so maybe we could produce some prosperity again.
0: Very, very good, Chris. You know, uh, there's always consequences. We talk about, uh, you know, managed trade, sanctions, and those things leading uh, to war but there's a lot of things that, that happens that leads, that leads the way there and, and they're, they're going on already. But I read one today that has to be one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard, but, but it's the Republicans doing that in Congress right now. But by matter of fact, it's bipartisan. The headline on anti-war is, uh, US lawmakers introduce bill to give Russian central bank assets to Ukraine. So where did these assets come from? How did we get those? All the way back, probably they're dealing, they didn't designate which one because we have so many. We, we took assets from the, the Iranians in, uh, in 1979. And uh, it was their money, but because we were we were in this uh, fight. Of course, we've been fighting with uh, we started a squabble with the Ukraine around all the way back to 1953 uh, when we uh, uh, participated in managed a coup to throw out an elected leader in order to, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, have uh, access to their oil. But the U.S. Uh, lawmakers now produce it. Now, now what, what do you think Russia thinks about that? Well, that's not a bad idea because we're not using them. Yeah, uh, that's why the Russian central bank would mark a would mark a significant escalation of Washington's economic war against Moscow. Hundreds of billions of dollars in Russian central bank assets have been frozen by the United States and its allies. Well, we shouldn't even be doing that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's theft. We're getting involved in this. We aggravate, and then there's a trade war goes on, and then the then the country oversteps its bound, and and because we own the you know the IMF and and the World Reserve Currency, we do have license to steal. So what we do is we freeze their assets. Uh, I mean, if they did it to us, we'd we'd be dropping bombs on them but we drop bombs on them, we don't even have to have that much aggravation. It just makes no sense whatsoever but the, you know, the real irony here is I think I, I think NATO has declared war against Russia and Russia's defending itself and so there's been. Uh, so we get more upset with Russia. So we confiscate, we put on sanctions to confiscate money and freeze assets. And, uh, and now we're running short uh, of money to keep sending to Ukraine. Uh, and, and, and they're running out of weapons. So here, all this is... Here's a savings account over here. We we stole it from these countries. We put it in a bank. I just wonder who earns the interest on all that stuff that sits in these banks for all these years. But that is, that is what they want to do. Republicans and conservatives are in favor of this. And uh, all it's going to do is aggravate it. But you could see how things like this takes us one step closer to having an escalation of the militarism that's going on. Because I don't think the United States is going to get away with... Being the leader in NATO, promoting uh, this uh, war that is there, financing the whole war, but have no body bags coming back. And I think eventually uh, uh, that and the bankruptcy, the American people are getting sick and tired of the the border disputes in Ukraine and Russia and uh, Poland while ignoring ours. And, and, uh, and, you know, anyway, and we have as a result all this inflation. So the American people are getting sick and tired of this. And it's not going to be easy sailing. It's, it's going to get rougher, but it need not be. It's not difficult to figure out. We could change policy with sensible people and it should be simply done and say, oh, that's overwhelming. How could you possibly change all of this? We've been doing this for years. Well, we've been doing it for too long. And it's coming to an end. But we could start by having people who truly believe that all their votes would be, should be involved by obeying the Constitution. And people who want to learn and understand more about a guideline, it's reading the Constitution. But I was told, Ron, you're off base up there. committee chairman said, you know, that, that's anachronistic, anachronistic for, for us to think. That's, that, we don't look at that anymore. They say that in public, and they don't. That's probably one of the truest statements they ever made to me. We don't follow that anymore, and they don't care. And uh, I think that goes along with my theory that there's there's a faction out there called the nihilists. They don't believe there's this possibility of truth being known, and certainly they're not interested in the truth of what the Constitution actually says. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.